Hello, my love, and welcome to the Her Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Megan Claire Hatfield, transformational mentor and feminine guide for powerful women, somatic and energetic alchemist, author, wise woman, coach, and the founder of my coaching and mentorship business, Her Alchemy. I am devoted to the nourishment, liberation, and exaltation of the feminine at large. And through this podcast and every episode, my wish is that in feeling my beating heart and in hearing my voice and the truths that I share, you feel nourished, liberated, and exalted. Subscribe to this podcast for something new, for something real, for juicy, honest, deep conversations that will nourish your soul on all things feminine energy, alchemy, and leadership. Follow me on Instagram at Megan Claire Hatfield if you enjoyed this podcast and go ahead and share it with another wise woman friend of yours who would appreciate it and resonate with it. Or share it on your Instagram stories and tag me so that I can thank you for being a listener and connect with you. All right, babe, let's get started. So in this episode, I'm going to get really deep and personal with you all and tell you about my love story with Charlie, my husband, my soulmate, um, the man I met after five years of celibacy and singlehood. Um, This is such a beautiful, beautiful story, and I hope that it will serve everyone who listens to this and remind you that you are so fucking lovable just as you are and there's nothing about yourself that you need to change in order to be loved your darkness is lovable your light is lovable and in relationships i just am such a proponent now of showing up as you um, because the right person will love you for you so i met charlie after coming out of a four and a half year portal of chronic Lyme disease. I literally got better and then immediately met my husband. (laughs) I was single for six months, um, single and celibate for six months before I ever got sick. So when I got sick with chronic Lyme disease, um, my sexuality and my availability for love just completely shut down. I was just, I didn't even feel like a sexual being anymore. And all of my focus was just going into my healing. My sexuality came back, came back on like in year four towards the end or maybe in year three. But especially at first, um, I was just so not available for, for that. I didn't have the energy to be sexual. Um, so I ended up being celibate and single for five years. The chronic line was four and a half years and my, and my like celibacy in general, just I was entering a stage of singlehood anyways, um, was six months before that. So it was a total of five years of just no romantic love, no eros, no, um, no sex. But when I reached a state of remission, I got so fucking clear. Um, and I knew immediately that I wanted to have sex. Like that was like the first thing that came back online. I was like, oh my God, I am fucking ready to fuck. I want to have sex. I am ready for that. 
Um, but the thing is, is that I was so raw and vulnerable from just years of healing, years of trauma work, years of spiritual awakenings. Like I was no longer in, um, like the ordinary world. I was still in like the extraordinary world. If you know of the hero's journey by jo- Joseph Campbell, um, he came up with this theory around the hero's journey. And I was at my point in the journey where I was not yet back in the ordinary world when I met him. Um, so I knew that I wanted to have sex, but I also knew that I couldn't just, you know, go off and just have a one night stand because I was just, I mean, first of all, that's just not who I am anymore. And also I just was too sensitive for that at that point. Um, so I wrote a letter to the universe as fucking corny and cliche as it sounds, but I wrote a letter to the universe and I was like, dear God, send me a 6'4 man with dark hair and blue eyes. And I mean, hi, raise your hand if you were like a Damon Salvatore lover in high school. (laughs) I was like basically describing Damon, but not his personality, just his looks and also taller. (laughs) And make him um, super intellectual to balance out my emotionality and have him be spiritual, but not too spiritual, have him be, him be familiar with like the masculine and feminine polarity stuff, but not like too in that world. Um, and I basically just wrote a letter describing my fucking husband <laughs> and I buried it beneath the tree in my front yard at the time. And about a week later, I got this random hit of inspiration to download Hinge, which was so surprising because that's just not, that's not how I thought I would meet someone. Um, (laughs) but I got the hit to download Hinge. And so, you know, when God moves me, I, I move. So I downloaded Hinge and the first, I fucking shit you not, the first picture that pops up is Charlie, the first one. And immediately I recognized something in his eyes. Immediately, I knew physically that he was exactly my type, right? But I wasn't sure just from the picture that he was like my husband or anything like that. That actually took took a bit. But, you know, I immediately felt this really strong connection with him. And um, we matched. And at the time, I was traveling. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm not available right now. But if you still want to go on a date with me um, in 30 days, then, you know, call me up. So 30 days pass, then he calls me exactly 30 days later. I now know that he set a reminder on his phone, like in his calendar. And he's like, hey, I want to take you out. And I was like, okay, great. I have all these food allergies <laughs> because at the time I was still just so sensitive to everything. And I was like a raw vegan at the time, actually. And I was like, okay, well, I'm raw vegan right now. I'm gluten-free and I'm dairy-free. And I felt like in the back of my head, I was like, oh, this is going to scare him away. But I had made a decision from very early on, like the second that I decided that I was ready for love and sex, that I would be a hundred percent me from the very get-go because I frankly just had done so much healing at that point that I didn't have the energy to pretend to be someone else. So out of alignment for me to pretend to be someone else. So I was like, yeah, I have food sensitivities and here's, you know, my allergies. And he was like, great. I found us a restaurant that is raw vegan and gluten-free and dairy-free. And it's like the most romantic restaurant right on the bay. So right away, I was just like, oh, wow, like this guy, he's, he's the real deal. 
And so then we had our first date on July 19th, 2019. And we just hit it off immediately. And on our first date, I told him my story. I was like, hey, um, I'm coming out of a really intense life situation. I had chronic Lyme disease for four and a half years. I went through deaths and rebirths. Um, I had my spiritual awakening and, you know, here's what I learned from it. And here's where I'm at right now. And here's what I desire. And here's who I am. And I was just so honest. I even told him about um, how I hadn't dated anyone for years. And he was just like, awesome. Like, cool. I'm so interested. I'm so curious. He was like, I knew you were weird, but I didn't know like you were this weird and I love it. (laughs) And, um, we ended the night with like making out on this bench on the pier. Um, it was hot. (laughs) And there was just such a strong physical attraction and strong emotional resonance. Um, and it was just like fireworks. It really, really was. And so we kind of just dove headfirst into it and we started dating and it triggered all of my shit. The more and more that I fell for him, the more and more scared that I got because I was just fresh out of this experience with Lyme disease. And I didn't know if it was going to come back. Like I was pretty sure that I was like, all right. I pretty, like, I I knew in my body that like at that point I had entered a new phase of my life where I was well and that I could count on that and that I could build my life from here. But I was just fucking scared because I had all of these things that just felt so unlovable. Like I have a history of depression and I'm on, you know, antidepressants and I've been on antidepressants since I was like 14 years old. I have food allergies. I have, you know, a history of chronic health issues, like all of these things that I had just felt so much shame about. Um, and I just was convinced that like, you know, I'm only lovable when I'm in my light and when I'm radiant and when I'm, you know, in my joy and sexiness and flirtation. And the problem with that is that that's not sustainable. The problem with that is that that will only get you so far in a relationship because you're only letting them see half of who you are. So there was this, like, we were falling in love, but there was this gap in intimacy because I wasn't letting him see my pain or my softness or the version of me that, like, had more needs than I was letting on. Like, hey, you need to text me after, you know, fucking three days or whatever, like, whatever it is. Like, I just was playing it cool because I didn't want to scare him away. And then what ended up happening was that I ended up pushing him away. Um because I was just fucking scared and he was falling for me and I was falling for him and I started to feel sick again in December of 2019 and I thought it was a relapse of Lyme disease and it turned out that later on I figured out that it was just a moldy apartment that I was living in in San Francisco that was triggering my old symptoms but it was not a resurgence of Lyme disease it was just mold but before I knew that, I thought it was Lyme. I thought it was I was I thought I was a sinking ship and I knew how ugly it could get. And I was like, of course, like of course I only got like six months in the light, you know, like ugh. But I was heartbroken, but I was also just like resigned. I was resigned to my fate, what I thought was my fate. And I broke up with him. I didn't even give him a chance to say hey, this is who I am and this is happening right now and I'm scared and I don't know what this is, but stay, love me. 
be here with me. I was way too scared shitless to do that. And yeah, I broke up with him. I didn't even give him the chance to be there for me. And I entered this period of just like knowing that we would get back together eventually. Um, I wanted to get back together like when I was better. And then yeah, I got better in like March of 2020. Um, I detoxed from the mold. And then the pandemic hit. And I, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't know if I was safe to even socialize with people outside of my family um, because of my history with autoimmune stuff. And I just, I, I didn't know. And then also around the same time, um, he broke my heart just like I broke his. So we had never stopped talking. We continued to text and talk. Um, and, you know, he made it pretty clear that he wanted to get back together. Like in, he was saying that I think in January, um, but by the time March or April rolled around, you know, I got a series of texts from him explaining that he had started to date someone else. And I was just absolutely fucking wrecked. I was wrecked. Oh my God. I was so heartbroken and I was just like, wow. I um, lost the love of my life, what could have been the love of my life because of my fucking intimacy blocks, because of my fucking wounds around feeling like I'm not lovable, around like not all of me is lovable, around my habit of pushing people away. And I just didn't know if I'd ever fucking forgive myself. And I was also mad at him. I was like, really? You couldn't wait for me, you know? But the thing is, is that I broke his heart and then he broke mine. He was so hurt that I broke up him because at that point we were falling in love and then I just ripped out the rug from under him and yeah I um I was heartbroken and I just spent like days just wailing on my floor just sobbing to like lover you should have come over and um hallelujah by Jeff Buckley and I just went fully into it just fully into the pain of like wow my inability to believe that I can be loved in my darkness and in my light, in my sickness and in my health, in my joy and in my pain, cost me my fucking soulmate. And at that point, I kept getting like visions of us getting married <laughs> under the fucking redwood trees. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, really? I, this is not the time to be having visions of me marrying this man under the redwood trees like that. I didn't know if that was like for reals. Psych I, if you guys don't know, I'm pretty psychic. I'm extremely intuitive and I receive messages from spirits so fucking strongly. And I just know things like in my bones and I just knew in my bones that we would get married one day but then my mind stepped in and was like you're fucking crazy like you are acting like a crazy ex-girlfriend like you know so I didn't tell him any of this obviously like I know how to fucking act I actually went straight up no contact with him um but I was just devastated I was like why and I remember crying to my mom on this beautiful bench in my backyard and just asking her like is this normal like do you, when you you know when you because that he was my first like 
adult love. I had been in love before and I had been in um, long-term relationships before, but not like this. This was like husband-wife love. Like we went so deep and I thought he could be my husband one day and I was right. But I was like, mom, did you ever have a really serious, intense adult relationship with someone and then you broke up and then like months later you received visions of yourself getting married to them? And she was like, no. And I was like, ah, fuck. So this isn't like a grief, a grief strategy. And she was like, no, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and she was just so sad seeing me so wrecked and just heartbroken. Um, but at that point, I just decided to just really heal that last piece of me that hadn't been healed in my four and a half year long healing journey with chronic Lyme disease. I healed so many fucking things. But, you know, healing, first of all, is a lifelong journey. But then also there was this piece of me that was just so sure that I, that that only parts of me were lovable and that there was about half of me that could never be seen by anyone else because it's just so unlovable. The part of me that suffers, the part of me, you know, that gets sick, the part of me that is in pain. Like I just couldn't show him any of that. Like I had to be this like perfect, pretty, put together lively version of myself in order to be loved so I decided to go on this radical healing journey just by myself and really heal that and part of that healing was finishing my book that I had been writing for years um, strange and unusual creatures I started writing it in year two of chronic Lyme disease and that whole fucking shamanic initiation and writing became a huge source of healing for me and I actually became um, a freelance like I leaned into my freelance writing career um, during those years when I couldn't really do much else I just wrote and I wrote and I wrote um, so I decided to get back to it and to finish the book and um, finishing the book was such a fucking healing process for me. And I wrote about him in a chapter of, of the book. And, you know, at that point, I, I realized how beautiful and important this book was, not just for me on a personal level, but the fucking world. Um, you can go buy it on Amazon. It's strange and unusual creatures. It's so fucking good. And I finished the book and I self-published it. I didn't even send it into any publisher um, because I didn't care about that. I didn't care about um, marketing it or anything like that. I just, it was like a love letter to God. It was a love letter to myself. It was a love letter to um, women everywhere. And I just trusted that it would find the people who it was meant for. And it did, by the way, I still get fucking emails like once a month at least being like, I just read your book and I have Lyme disease and this like saved my fucking life. I I was feeling suicidal and I read this and it like completely changed everything or like I was heartbroken and this healed me and it just means the world to me. It's like the most fulfilling feedback there is. Anyway, so I published it on Amazon like a badass <laughs> and um, about, you know, a few weeks later, I got a call from Charlie maybe it was a month later, maybe it was four weeks later. And he just said, um, and at that point I hadn't talked to him in months, by the way. He was like, look, I'm, he basically was like, I read the book. I left that girl who I was dating. I never loved her. I never fell out of love with you. 
I love you and your darkness and in your light and your pain and your joy and I'm not going to let you push me away ever again. Ever again. <laughs> I'm here. And I, I read your book and it's fucking extraordinary. And in my book, I was really me, right? I was like really, really, really vulnerable and raw and brave and just my book exemplified the parts of me that I didn't let him see and he told me that when he read my book that's when he knew that I was the one (laughs) and there was like vulnerable dark shit in there and it's a beautiful work of art like go read it but yeah we ended up getting back together and we just dove headfirst into our love And I never pushed him away ever again. And we just fell more in love than ever before. And we moved in together. And after some time, he took me to Esalen and Big Sur and proposed. And I said yes, obviously. And we had the most beautiful wedding under the redwood trees. Like I was seeing in my vision. We got married under the redwood trees. (laughs) And I didn't even plan it to be that way. That's just the way that it happened. So I know that I told this story in like kind of a quick way, but my message to you, the woman who was listening to this right now, oh, and I mean, fast forward, he's my fucking soulmate and I've never been happier in my life and our marriage is the most beautiful thing in the world and he's my partner in life and um, he's just, He's every, like, he's my best friend, my family, my lover, my husband, and, um, yeah, my message to the women who are listening to this is to not hide who you are, um, because I did that. I hid parts of me, and I only showed the acceptable parts of me because I thought that that's what it took for me to be loved, but what that resulted in was a lot of pain and separation, and it ended up in me almost losing the love of my life concealing the parts of me that I judged were unlovable when really true love is when you open your whole fucking heart and you show someone who you really are and you say I love me do you love me too And they either say yes, and this is like metaphorical, you know, that's not a literal conversation. Maybe it is, but they either are like, fuck yes or no, and both are okay. But who are you to conceal your heart from someone who might be your soulmate? Like, isn't it the best thing to just be you 100% and the people who are meant for you will be attracted to you like moths to a flame and the people who are not meant for you will be repelled from you. Um, but don't hide who you are just to be loved and you assume that like the parts of you that are icky and sticky and dark are unlovable when really those are like the most lovable parts of yourself. All right, my loves, that is the end of our journey today. I loved this conversation. I hope you did too. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would put the biggest smile on my face for you to rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and send me a DM on Instagram at Megan Claire Hatfield so that I can feel you and connect with you. And thank you for being a listener. And if you feel called to share this with any of your friends or family members or coworkers or whoever would be activated, 
by a conversation like this one, by me, by my message, I invite you to share it with them. I hope you have a brilliant rest of your day or evening and I will connect with you again at the next episode.